Tonight's story is written by an author that, if you're familiar with this podcast or any other like it really, you're probably very familiar with, and that is author Jojo, who just so happens to have released his very first short story collection. His book, There Are Horrors Here, is filled with an assortment of wonderfully creepy tales, and it's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook, which you can find in the description below. So check that out if you're interested. Huge congrats to author Jojo on his very first book, and without further ado, I hope you enjoy tonight's episode. The Finality of Home Movies Written by Author Jojo I was trying my hardest to concentrate on my work. The soft pitter-patter of socks hitting hardwood kept pulling my attention away. I would look over at the doorway and watch the figures of my children rushing by. They kept going from one end of the hall and running across to see how far they could slide. It was only a matter of time before one of them managed to slip and send themselves crashing to the floor. There was a big project that I was running behind on for work and I needed some peace and quiet to get it finished. I knew the second one or both of my boys slipped and fell, it was going to take a while to calm them down. Children have no sense of self-preservation at all. Leaning back in the chair, my mind tried to recover what tricks my parents used to pull to try and stop me from being rambunctious. Then I remembered how many little home movies I used to make. It was what got me started in my love of editing and filmmaking in the first place. Anytime I was being too loud around the house, my mother would hand me this little digital camera and tell me to be creative. Turning my head towards the bookshelf full of books I've never bothered to open, I spotted the little plastic thing sitting there. I felt a well of memories rushing through me, and I couldn't help but feel the corners of my mouth turn up at the side of it. The chair creaked as I rose from it, my sock brushed up against the hardwood, approaching the shelf. Picking up the camcorder, I couldn't help but remember just how big the thing used to feel when I was a kid. It used to seem so massive, like the cameras I've seen on movie sets swiveling on dollies. I called for my boys and, after hearing them slide once more, they appeared in the doorway. I leaned over and handed them the camera told them that they could make any movie they wanted as long as they didn't break anything or hurt each other. We took a few minutes as I showed them how all the buttons worked and how to operate the thing. I was surprised that the batteries in the device were still pretty full. I couldn't remember the last time I actually used the thing. Soon enough, they were off and I continued with my work, splicing and editing film together for a high-budget commercial. Not exactly my dream job, but still, it paid well enough. I could still hear my children every so often, soft but excited whispers, rushing from one room to the next, reciting lines. At the very least, it wasn't nearly as distracting as them running right outside my door. Losing track of time, the sun dipped well below my windows, and I managed to finish the editing and send it out for approval. With a yawn to cap the whole thing off, I closed the program and leaned back to stretch. 
From the other room, I could hear the soft, whispering voice of my wife, who was putting the boys to bed. Standing up, I leaned in the doorway to their room and watched as she tucked them in. The room fell silent, and she walked up to me, and with a kiss on the cheek, she let me know she was heading to bed as well. I hadn't realized just how late it had gotten. I stared into the dark room where my children were falling asleep as she retreated into our room. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see the moonlight catching the glossy surface of the digital camcorder. I eyed it for a while, until curiosity consumed me completely. I wondered what kind of content my kids were trying to create. I grabbed the thing and left the room, closing the door behind me. Opening the flip screen of the camera, I held the power button to spring it back to life. The battery symbol still shows a full charge even after a day's worth of use. I clicked through the thumbnails of various videos. I guess they would stop filming whenever they tried to come up with a new idea. I laughed at myself, watching them pretend to be dinosaurs. I was wondering what that roaring noise I heard was. They played on the bed, pretending they were sailing the high seas, shooting cannonballs at whoever dared pass by their boat. Then I watched them moving through the hallways, pretending to be FBI after some criminal. Their fingers were twisted into the shapes of pistols as they checked their corners. Making a note to have a discussion with them about the difference between real life and cinema, I continued watching as they passed through the hall. That's where I clicked the button to pause the video and took my gaze away from the screen. My eyes, rife with suspicion, eyed the wall in front of me that made up the hallway. I rewound the tape and played it again, my kids slowly making their way through the hall and paused it again. It felt like my mind was playing tricks on me, or that I was missing out on something. I walked forward and put my hand against the wall, feeling its smooth and chilled surface. I ran my hand across the wall for a moment, before rewinding the tape. This time, I walked to where they started the film and followed their footsteps, making sure to keep their position in mind. I walked through the halls, as they did. Looking to my right, there was no doubt about it. No matter how impossible it seemed, on the footage, there was a door in the hall that I could not see with my own eyes. I closed the screen and stared at the wall like I was waiting for some prey to move, so I could confirm that it was still alive. Once again, the screen of the camcorder illuminated my face. I backed out of the video files to show the current view of the camera. I lifted it up to the wall. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was descending into lunacy. Staring at the white door, I could see through the digital camera. For a moment, I looked over at the room where my wife was already sound asleep. I wasn't about to bother her. She had an early shift. Instead, I walked over and quietly shut the door so I wouldn't wake her up by messing around in the hall. Stepping away, I placed myself in front of the phantom door and kept the camera steady on it, 
My free hand placed against the wall again and ran down it, but this time I could feel the divots on the door's pattern. It wasn't like a special door other than the circumstance. Just a plain white door with four divoted panels. Uh, You've seen it a million times. My hand almost instinctively moved over to the brass door handle. My body shivered from concern and the sudden drop in temperature. I could feel the cold brass under my fingers, but I couldn't physically feel the brass. My heart started thumping as my fingers tightened around the empty space. Watching the camera screen, I made sure my hand was in the right place before I started twisting my wrist. There was a sinking feeling in my chest. It felt like my heart had dropped a few inches and was being held in place by needles. It was enough the door was there, but as I twisted my wrist, I could see that the handle was in fact turning. And when it stopped, I pulled back and the door came free from its frame. A sliver of dark space dwelled beyond the crack between the white door and frame. I know, this is the part where you yell at the screen, where you tell me not to walk down the stairs into the basement or where you tell me to stop asking if anybody is there, where you tell me the call is coming from inside the house. It's hard to explain how my mind was warped by something I couldn't understand. I was a pigeon flying into the side of a glass window, completely ignorant of the danger before me. Curiosity and ignorance are nothing more than siblings. As you sat there shouting, my hand continued to move backwards, revealing more and more of what lay beyond the door. More and more darkness prevailed as the door peeled away closer to me. I nearly expected some behemoth to rush me from the darkness, or to be pulled in by limber arms attached to ghoulish eyes. My eyes were so focused on the viewfinder on the camera that it became my sole tool for visual information. The side of the door passed by the frame, and soon enough, the entirety of the black void within the frame was revealed. It looked like some surrealist painting you'd find being sold for money laundering at an auction. I kept staring into it. Deeper and deeper, my mind was drawn into the fog of it. I could feel my body, my limp stature and slack jaw. I must have looked like a shambling zombie. I must have been forgetting to blink. My vision started to tunnel, the edges becoming nothing but a dark and uncertain haze of static. Even the camera I held in my hand faded slowly into the darkness, the chilled glossy texture no longer penetrating my sense of touch. It was all melting away. I could no longer smell the still stale air. I couldn't hear the soft snoring of my children. Taste and touch were receiving no information, just my sight, longing and forever entwined in that darkness. Soon I stopped being aware of my body. It didn't matter all that much. All I knew was that darkness. 
that without stepping foot inside the door, I had become consumed by it. The contents not visible to my naked eye had eaten me up like a hungry beast. I had fallen into it, drifting in its embrace, a cosmonaut in my own home. A pressure brewed, like the darkness was beginning to take on mass. I would have imagined deep sea divers feeling the pressure of the sea were I able to imagine anything. No memories, no lingering thoughts. My head had become blank, only the darkness and the entity of it pushing in on me, wanting to crush me or invade me. It was intense, but welcoming, like a weighted blanket. I could have spent forever in there. I could have withered away, skin shriveling up, bones becoming weak. Lips would dry and split open, spilling blood down my chin. Blood that would dry and cake on, that would stain me like a lipstick, until I fade into the foreboding coalescence of time and space. I was close, so close to becoming a part of the world beyond my walls, I was right there about to join that great chorus. The darkness wrapped its tendrils around me and pulled. What are you doing? I could feel my world vibrate. It was almost as if the darkness was screaming as my eyelids shuddered. The sudden impulse of noise shifted everything, spears through a barricade of shields. The shift was jarring, it felt like I was in there for an eternity, that lifetimes had slipped by me. My fingers loosened due to the shock of my altering perception, and the camera in my hand dropped to the floor. It smacked the hardwood and I shunted back to the view of my world, back to the naked wall before me. I hadn't felt myself move an inch. I thought myself as still as a statue in the hall, but there I was. My forehead pressed against the wall. I could feel the matte texture of the paint, still cold. The doorway that was there. If given mere moments more, surely I would have been able to walk through it. Turning my head to the side, my eyes still stinging and dry. I looked at my wife standing in the doorway to our bedroom. The soft light from the moon spilling in behind her gives the room depth. I didn't have much of an answer for her, only that I zoned out. She looked concerned for a moment, but then looked down at the camera I dropped. You should really put some batteries in there. The kids would love to play with it. She said dismissively, before chiming in that I should come to bed. She vanished from the doorframe, and I stepped around the camera sheepishly, like avoiding a lion. The fall had caused its battery cover to pop off, and just as she had said, the space for batteries was empty, with no sign of them in the hallway. Just a dark, empty space where they used to be. Thinking about it for a moment, I lifted my foot and rested it on the open viewfinder, and with enough pressure, the thing snapped. 
It laid there, useless and broken. It was old anyways. I could buy them a nicer one to record on. Bending over, I picked up the camera and felt its cool plastic in my hands. The night was so calm and quiet, I felt exhaustion setting in. Turning to my bedroom, my feet were halted in their tracks. I looked at the doorframe. I looked towards the room where my wife was waiting for me, and the infinite darkness that she had vanished into, devoid of the moonlight that soothed my soul moments ago. I wondered if memories ever truly fade, and I entered the darkness, ready to sleep. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. A uh, huge thanks to author Jojo again on uh, letting me narrate this tale of his. And also congrats on the uh, the brand new ebook. If you enjoyed this video, please give it a like and subscribe for more. Or if you're listening to this on uh, any podcasting app, I would really appreciate a, a subscribe on there or a follow as well. You can follow me on Twitter at ClancyPasta, and uh, I always have a Patreon link, patreon.com slash ClancyPasta, if you would like to help support this podcast. But again, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and have a good night. Thanks. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description, and go to youtube.com slash ClancyPasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com stores slash clancypastastore. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>